I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers on KLCC. My guest today is Brad Smith, partner in charge of the Eugene and Medford offices of professional services firm Moss Adams. Moss Adams is one of the West's largest and most robust accounting firms. Brad Smith, the partner in charge for the Eugene and Medford offices of Moss Adams, welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah. Boy, let's start with this simple question. Talk about your career. How did you get started in in in, in this business? You know, kind of tell, t- t- take us the 30,000-foot view of your career from when it began. Sure, sure. I often, I often tell people that my accounting career started in high school because <laughs> I actually took some accounting classes in high school, which is not necessarily all that common, but it's something I latched onto immediately and had a, a um, kind of a, an aptitude for, and I also enjoyed doing it. And I'm one of those rare people that when I went to college, I declared uh, a major as a freshman and never changed it wow. going through uh, um, all my, my college career. So that's kind of kind of rare. Hmm. Um, uh, came out of college and um, didn't think I wanted to be in public accounting initially because um, I knew that it took a lot of effort and it was a pretty intense uh, career. So I spent some time working for a, um, a privately held business and um, did that for about two to three years. Got bored maybe with it, and, and there's a there's a routine aspect of of accounting um, within a business, and so I got kind of bored with it, and then got connected to Moss Adams, which of course is a public accounting firm, mm-hmm. and um, got into their interview cycle, and that was 23 years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Wow. And um, go ahead. My career at Moss. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. My career at Moss Adams has been spent uh, working with uh, companies that are in the manufacturing consumer products sector, either retail clients or wholesalers or distributors or companies that actually manufacture goods. Um, And I've uh, spent my career on the, the audit side of our practice. Um, and I can explain a little bit more about that if you're if you're interested. Sure. Um, and um, just found the work engaging, found the um, the ability to work with individuals and develop relationships with clients was extremely attractive to me. And and like I said, I haven't looked back. Yeah. What was it about? You said you kind of started an interest. You developed an interest in accounting very early on. What was it about accounting that interested you? Obviously, <laughs> there are like two types of people in the world, people who think of accounting and go, oh, their eyes glaze over. And there are other people who just love it. And obviously, you're that second tier. But why? Why? What was it about it that really attracted you? I think, first of all, it's logical. It's very logical, and I latched on to that. The second is you always know when you're done. <laughs> and so if you get through a project or you get, you get to a, you know, a month end close or you get uh, um, done with a, an audit or a tax return, you know when you're done. And it's a package that, um, that's easy to uh, – it, it's, a, it's a point where you're, it's easy to, you know, to evaluate, yes, I've, I've gotten through this project and I've accomplished something, and – and there's just something about that that uh, that gets my juices going. And, and to this day, I love working in, with our teams and doing complicated projects with multiple multiple people and, and getting to the end of it. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that team structure from an accounting point of view. I, uh, you know, I think because there, especially in our region, there's a lot of small businesses. Maybe many business owners are, are used to dealing with sort of one person as their accountant, but, but with a firm as large as yours, talk a little bit about that team structure and, and, and how it, it effectively operates. Yeah, yeah, so happy to do that. 
the clients that we work with are, are what we'd call mid-tier companies. Um, so any, uh, any organization that is smaller than a, you know, a publicly traded company, but larger than just maybe a, a sole proprietor. Okay. So companies that have you know, anywhere from 50 to a couple thousand employees. Mm -hmm. And when a company reaches that size, there's a complexity to its operations that then has to be dealt with from a compliance perspective. And so it's very rare, it's almost impossible actually, for us to serve our clients as sole practitioners. And as a result of that, we have um, teams that we put together to serve those clients. And as you're early in your career, you're, you're preparing a lot of information or analysis. And, and later in your career, your role becomes more of an advisor and a reviewer of the information that gets prepared. On, the, on a, a typical team for, for me on, a, on an, an audit engagement of an average size is probably six, five to six people. Um, two of those people are in a concurring or, or, or a reviewer type role a quality control um, uh, role. And then the rest of the individuals are managing the engagement and actually doing analysis on the, um, on the client information. Mm -hmm. And um, I always analogize it to building a house um, to, our, to our younger staff or to people that have less experience because our job is very iterative and the, the work we do is very iterative. And you know, it doesn't matter if the plumber and the electrician show up uh, if the foundation to the house hasn't been poured yet, because if the foundation hasn't been poured yet, then the framing hasn't been done, and it doesn't, and the plumber and the, le and the electrician can't do their work. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a lot of communication that has to happen between the team members, and a lot of coordination to make it all work. And, and as you know, um, accounting is uh, a deadline-oriented business, and and those deadlines don't move. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and is that something that, in, in addition to what you described in terms of, of being very logical and why, why it attracted to you, those deadlines often are <laughs> extremely tight. And, and talk about that in terms of there's a certain maybe what many people might not understand is in an accounting firm, there's a lot of frenetic energy, especially around tax time and whatnot. Do you enjoy that kind of frenetic energy that's deadline driven? I, I do. And I think you have to enjoy that to some um, extent if you're in this, in this business for a long period of time. But what we always try to do is get as much work done as early as possible in advance of deadlines. Okay. We know there's a certain amount that will get accomplished before April 15th every year. We try to do more of that work in January and February mm -hmm. rather than March and April because it's, um, it's easier to spread the work out on people. Um, and we do, we do better work when we have the time to do it. Okay. Okay. I love asking business leaders this, which is talk about the transition that you made from maybe early on in your career where you were a doer, you, you were someone who was, you know, I know you're still a doer now, but from kind of just being responsible for yourself and your work transitioning to now you're leading a team. Talk about how you made that transition. What were some of the lessons learned? What were some of the aha moments that you might've had during that, that progression in your career? Yeah. Um, so, I, I could sum that up really quickly and say good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I so like that. Nobody, nobody, nobody teaches you in business school or your accounting programs how to lead a team. Hmm. Um, nobody teaches you that people have personal things that come up from time to time that interfere with their ability to do work or be at work. Um, and so those are all things that I've, uh, I've learned along the way and I've certainly made some mistakes along the way, but I've, um, but, you know, I try and 
dedicate a lot of effort to making sure that um, you know that people are taken care of and um, our teams are our teams are coordinated. Um, and but it's it's you know it's a it's a it's an area that needs constant maintenance and attention regardless of what level you're in uh, in business. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any mentors along the way? And if you did, kind of what were some of those lessons that they might have imparted to you? It's funny that you asked that because I had lunch today with one of them. Oh, okay. uh, he's, this individual happens to be retired um, and uh, somebody that I have a tremendous amount of respect for and I learned a tremendous amount from. And um, everybody has to have those in their life. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be a formal relationship, but um, I just... I gravitated towards this person and, and they were willing to help me out in my career. And one of the, one of the, um, <laughs> the lessons I've learned from, from this individual is um, to be calm and don't let your emotions necessarily get in the way of, of what you're trying to accomplish. Hmm. And um, there's many times that I would go into this individual's office and have a, you know, a really, really animated conversation about something and, and they'd always calm me down and say, well, you know, <laughs> what about this and what about this and what about this? And, and they were always able to show me that, um, that maybe I was a little bit, uh, a little bit too excited for the wrong reasons. <laughs> That's, that is a good lesson. I would imagine that it, it, through the course of your career as an accountant and stuff, there's a certain amount of investigative work that goes on you're almost like a detective when you go in and work with a, a company a business owner and, and 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 look at you know their financial situation and really kind of un, you know kind of dig in and and find out you know what's going on maybe looking at problem areas looking at areas of, of improvement that sort of a thing is that fun do you enjoy that kind of you know uh, the phrase you know get into the weeds is that something that you found that you really enjoy as part of the work Absolutely. We often um, find that we know more about our clients' business than they do, hmm. uh, especially after working with them for long periods, over long periods of time. And, and it's really rewarding um, because we look at things differently than they do and also because they recognize that and they value that. And so that's an, it's important to me as a practitioner and it's important to, um, to the individuals that we work with and, and that they gain those skills and, and have, those abil have the ability to interact with our clients um, on a level that goes beyond just the numbers. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, it's really validating. It's really fun. Um, you know, you've gotten there when a client calls you before they make any major decision and they say, Hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was in, uh, in a public relations function, but in banking. And I always remember talking to leadership of the bank and, and they always talked about this idea that, you know, businesses, especially small business or medium sized businesses, you know, they really need that, what they call the trusted advisor team, you know, having a great attorney, having a great uh, banker, and, and then of course, having a great uh, accountant. And I, I just want you to talk a little bit about that, about, you know, kind of the ways in which you're part of that incredibly important team that almost every business needs and and you talked about just now when it, when they call you up and say hey I want to run something by you that must feel very gratifying to know that you develop that kind of relationship with a client so that they're calling you saying I'm not going to make this move until you and I talk yeah it, it's 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 like I said it's very validating it's it's um it's you know it demonstrates that they they value their relationship with you and um, and you know, it is our, our business, even though it has, it's very technical and it's number oriented, it is a relationship business because 
the things that are most sensitive to the people that we work with, we have expertise around. Mm -hmm. And so do, so do attorneys and, and bankers and other professionals that are in their, you know, their advisory circle. Um, and, and so it becomes personal. Uh, they, I, I have many clients who I consider close friends and I visit my client's home. I'm invited into my client's homes sometimes. And, and those are the, those are the circumstances that are the most uh, rewarding in the, in the profession that I'm in because um, those, those relationships are, are, are genuine, they're real, um, and, uh, and they develop over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Brad Smith. He's the partner in charge for the Eugene and Medford offices of Moss Adams. We'll be right back. I'm Barbara Dellenbeck, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Lauren Kessler is an author of books, magazine articles, and essays. Her genre is described as narrative nonfiction. It's real people doing real things in real life, reported but presented in a storytelling fashion. So it's fact with an overlay of story. Listen to perspectives on the value of insights and experiences learned through writing on KLCC's Oregon Grapevine at klcc.org. And we're back talking with Brad Smith. He is the partner in charge for the Eugene and Medford offices of Moss Adams. Let's talk about Moss Adams. Let's talk about, you know, start however you want for the larger organization, which is a very, very good sized um, uh, professional services fir firm throughout the West and even internationally to a degree. Talk about the, the, the global company and then talk about, you know, what happens in the, the areas of which you run the Eugene and Medford offices. Sure. So Moss Adams is a public accounting firm. Uh, we have about 4,400 employees spread across uh, the Western United States, every major market um, west of the Mississippi. Uh, the firm started in Seattle, Washington back in 1913. So we're 110 years old this year, which wow. we're very, very proud of. Um, we are a, a niche-based firm, so we have practitioners focus in, in uh, particular industries because we know that that's what will help them deliver the highest value to the clients that we work with. Whoops, did I lose you? Okay, so just start from the beginning of, exactly. of answering that question. Exactly. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Moss Adams is a CPA firm. Let me, let me just do it this way. Hey, Brad, so, so why don't you... Tell us about Moss Adams, you know, a, ver a very large uh, professional services firm throughout the West. Talk about the company globally, but also talk about what you do in the Eugene and Medford areas. Sure. So Mo Moss Adams is a, is a CPA firm. We are headquartered in Seattle, Washington, and uh, the firm started in 1913. So we're just celebrating our 110th anniversary, which we're very proud of. Mm -hmm. We have about 30 locations across the Western United States. And we operate um, out of about, or, or in a variety of industries um, that um, um, our clients overlap in. Okay. And and what about in Eugene and Medford? Maybe talk a little bit about the team. Talk about you know perhaps there's there's a, a, a large group of, of 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 an industry or clients in an industry that you serve. Talk about that. Yeah. So we have about a hundred people across those two locations, and we provide audit, tax, and consulting services to our clients. Um, we, also do, we also do wealth advisory um, as well. And um, the industries uh, that we focus primarily on are 
uh, manufacturing, construction, real estate, and hospitality, mm-hmm. along with a, um, a practice actually serving governmental and, and nonprofit entities as well. Okay, okay. You had brought up auditing before. Why don't you talk, because that's obviously one of your specialties. Talk about, talk about that and talk about what you do for clients here locally with regard to auditing and, and the audit process. Yeah, usually the, the audit requirement for an, an organization is imposed by a third party. So a typical circumstance is a business needs financing to build a facility or to buy equipment. And oftentimes the, the lender will require some type of assurance regarding their financial condition. Mm-hmm. And that's where we come in. So we're, as a public accounting firm, we're able to provide the, the, the company and a third party, if, if it's imposed by a third party, an opinion on their, their financial statements. Okay. And um, so the, the process is, is um, pretty iterative. And what we do is we, send, we provide the, the clients with a list of information that we need. Uh, we sift through it and you know, look at things that we think are high risk, focus on those areas to make sure that we're not, that we, that we're not missing anything and that the, the financial statements are accurate. And um, the audit goes to all the, all the audit documentation goes through a very thorough quality control and review process, which is um, one of the things that is ingrained deeply in our firm. Mm-hmm. And um, ulti- ultimately, we issue a report on those, on those financial statements so that the, um, the organization can provide it to whoever, uh, whoever needs it. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about, you know, if you will, the, the secret sauce of Moss Adams. Why, why do you think that clients choose you? It's obviously a field where there are a lot of choices that, that businesses, business owners can make. Why do you get picked? Good question. I believe it's because of the value that we bring to our clients. Mm-hmm. So doing the work that we do is more than just putting numbers on a tax form or you know, testing some balance that's part of a, a financial statement. We actually help business owners make decisions. We help them with their personal and their professional lives. And, um, and we bring value to the table when we do that. And, and I think that individuals and companies that have us work with them recognize that um we are we're we're not a low-cost service provider but Mm -hmm. we're also we're also pretty proud of that um and and so we know that the companies and the in the individuals that we work with um do find value in the in the work that we do for them okay you've been at this for a long time and i imagine you've seen a tremendous amount of changes in the professional services arena and i'm thinking specifically around this idea of technology obviously there's a lot uh you know software hardware hardware uh, different types of technologies that allows a business owner to do a lot of their accounting on their own but that only goes so far and i, I kind of wanted to hear from you what's sort of the great sort of strategic blend between you know implementing technology and embracing it but then also this idea of but yet it still has to have a very important consultative human element as part of the relationship it's an interesting question because there's so much in today's news about uh, artificial intelligence and sure. the impact that will have on labor markets and what jobs might be, um, you know, non-essential anymore. Not might not we might not need a human to do them anymore. And there's there's certainly some out there, um, and um, we'll have to watch how that evolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an element of what we do that is somewhat um, repetitive, or that it could be. Uh, it could be done maybe by by a, a machine uh, at some point in the future, but the 
um, the, the consultative aspect of what we do and the relationship aspect of, of the, um, the thing, you know, the, what we have with our clients can't be replaced with a program. Mm. And, um, and so I, I, I don't think that that will ever completely go away. And, and I don't think that will go away in any industry that where service is an aspect of, of delivering the product because individuals want to interact with individuals about the things that are most important to them. Sure, sure. Um, of course, just a couple of years ago, what a wrench was thrown into this idea of of personal interaction. Of course, I'm talking about COVID. And I wanted to kind of, you know, you're a client service uh, business, and and obviously, what you just talked about that 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 human connection was so important. What was it like to not only just, you know, I. The difficulty of managing your own office and your own team, but of course, you know, interacting with 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 clients. And I get it, of course, Zoom and phone calls and everything helped. But you know, what was it like to be able to still have that secret sauce, that that connectivity, that 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 connection that uh, that you need? It was really difficult during that time period for all the reasons that you just mentioned, and I. I think we did a good job maintaining connection with our team members and with our clients, but I also think that it was probably in a maintenance mode where we, um, you know, we didn't lose any traction, but we might not have gained anything either. Hmm. Um, we, we returned to the office, um, I guess about a year and a half ago, and it's been a really refreshing time for, for everybody. What we found is um, the, the, some of our newest team members, so those who have just graduated from college in the last couple of years, have a thirst for going to an office and being with sure. other people because they spent like the last two or three years of their college experience cooped up in a dorm room or, or an apartment and, and uh, they're a little, a little stir crazy. So um, you would think that a younger generation who adopts technology a little bit quicker than others might default to using zoom and using um, teams and, and, and email and tech messages and those types of things. But we've, we've kind of seen the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to hear. You know, it's, it's interesting as I was doing research for this, you know, obviously uh, Moss Adams globally, and then certainly here in, in Eugene and, and the Medford offices, you do a lot in the community as well. And looking at your bio, I know you're heavily involved or have been and in, 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 in may continue to be so with United Way and Junior Achievement. Talk about that. Talk about how important it is for an organization to not only just obviously serve clients, which is obviously the lifeblood of what you do, but then also, you know, serve the, com- the community writ large. Community is very important to us. It's part of our strategic plan and we lead by example. All of the partners in our office contribute in a, a way similar to the way I do um, and, and serve on boards of nonprofit organizations or uh, educational institutions. And they also um, support those organizations financially. We set that example for our team. And I'm, I'm glad to say that over 50% of our employees volunteer in some capacity on a regular basis with uh, community organizations. Hmm. And we're, we're really proud of that because it is important to give back to the community and, um, and, and we strongly encourage it and we reserve time. We, allow, we actually allow people to, to spend their working day um, um, serving those organizations um, that they serve. One of the other things that we do, and we started this uh, back, in, back in 2013. Uh, so when the, when the firm turned 100 years old in 2013, um, we 
uh, we got together with our team and said, well, how do we want to celebrate this? Do we want to invite a bunch of clients and have a party? Do, you know, there's all these options that we could use to, to recognize that you know, the firm is, is celebrating a significant anniversary. Hmm. Well, what our, what our staff told us is we want to go out and help the community. Hmm. And so we developed what we call our community service day, and we break up into teams of six or eight people, and um, we close the office, and each of those teams goes to a different nonprofit organization and helps them with a project that, that necessitates some human capital. Um, we did that um, just this, a couple months ago, so it was back in July, and I was on a team that uh, helped out the McKinsey River Trust. They have a project up near Finn Rock where they're restoring the McKinsey River to um, the, the way that it, it um, was originally uh, going through this specific area and um, spent the day uh, clearing brush. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and so they, it's, it's, a, it's a labor-intensive process, and, and so um, they needed a team to do that, so that's what, that's what our team did. Nice. So we close our office every day, or, or sorry, every year for one day, um, and we, we send people out into the community and, and, uh, and do various projects. That's great. That's great. Boy, you know, uh, looking over the last few years and, 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 and into right now, it's been, for lack of a better phrase, a real roller coaster for the economy. Obviously, with, with the shock to the system that was COVID and, of course, the recovery time, we're in still a, a high inflationary era. There is still some concern about sliding into inflation. We're, we're looking at, you know, as we, as we speak, of potential for government shutdown. I guess just drawing on your experience as, as, as an accountant and as a leader over these past decades or so, you know, what are some of the, con- you know, maybe not specific to a, um, a particular task or particular, you know, uh, 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 element of a business, but just those general conversations that you might have with clients to help you know, maybe uh, uh, ease their concern or even commiserate over the challenging times. What are some of those conversations like being an expert in yourself as you are uh, in terms of business? You know, how do you help your clients, you know, if nothing else, whether the emotional duress of these really challenging and uncertain economic times? Mm hmm. Well, from a compliance and a regulatory perspective, we obviously try to look around the corner before they do and make sure that nothing catches them by surprise when they're making decisions uh, in their business. And we do, we do a pretty good job of that. Um, but the, the thing that I recognize clients really value is simply being able to talk and to share. One of the questions that I always get from clients when we, when we get together for lunch or have a meeting is, well, what are you seeing out there? What are others doing? And it reminds you that, you know, as a leader of a business, they don't have a peer down the hall necessarily that they can go to with those types of questions. Yeah. And so um, just, just sharing what we're seeing in the business community and in the market and, and uh, what the economic indicators are, are telling us and giving them our perspective is extremely helpful. I bet, I bet. You know, Brad, my last question for you is to kind of, you know, as immersed you as immersed as you are in our community, you know, kind of what do you think the next couple of years, how, how do you feel about the community specifically, you know, Eugene Medford here in Western and Central Oregon, how are you feeling about sort of the climate the economic climate for our specific business community, you know, heading into the next year or so looks like to you? 
I'm very optimistic, very okay. optimistic. There are some indicators out there that don't necessarily align with one another. Um, the unemployment rate is, is the one that sticks out and kind of is in, goes the other direction from some of the other uh, uh, economic indicators. And so that's, that's a little mystifying to business owners and to, and to me as a, you know, somebody that's in the uh, business community and looks at that, uh, that information on a regular basis. Hmm. So that's a, there's some uncertainty there and there's, and there's some, you know, maybe pause or, or uh, level of apprehension associated with, with that and when it's going to change because it will change at some point, you know, businesses, um, in our country on an economic basis goes through cycles and sure. so things won't won't stay the same necessarily um so i'm not sure if i answered your your question or not but uh it, it sounds like you have a, you have a good a, a measured amount of optimism is that a fair way to put it yeah okay yeah yeah and, and you know every every community has headwinds and, and we certainly have them here in in eugene but um, but there's groups that are working on, on the, you know, the, the biggest challenges that we have in our community. And, uh, and I'm very optimistic. Well, that's, that's great to hear. Well, Brad Smith, the partner in charge for the Eugene and Medford offices of Moss Adams, really appreciate you, uh, you coming on the program to talk with us. Hey, thanks for making the time and thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That was our conversation with Brad Smith of Moss Adams. Smith is excited to be a part of the continuing growth of our region's middle market businesses. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.